This is Vicki Cayetano, President and CEO of United Laundry Services. Join me in watching Carrie and Evan on Greater Good TV. Greater Good TV is proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Greater Good TV with your hosts Carrie and Evan Leong. Leaders inspiring leaders. A place where financial profit and social responsibility go hand in hand for Hawaii's greater good. Today's special guest is a dedicated community leader, Hawaii's former first lady, Mrs. Vicki Cayetano. Welcome to our show, Vicki. Thank you, and happy to be here. You're not actually from Hawaii, even though you look like you are. Uh, how did you end up here? Well, I was born in Manila, and my family immigrated to the mainland when I was about three and a half years old. Uh, my sister actually was the reason why we came to this country. Uh, she was discovered by Ed Sullivan. I think you're too young to remember, but back then, every Sunday night, people would gather around Ed Sullivan's show and watch it on TV. It was one of the, probably the most popular variety show. And uh, Ginny is a pianist. Ginny, too, is her name. And uh, she was discovered just kind of by accident uh, because a family friend who was visiting us from America heard the piano playing. He thought it was a, uh, the radio and then he was shocked to see my sister was just all but five years old playing the piano and she played by ear and uh, and then he taped it and then sent it the old style you know via mail to uh, Ed Sullivan who then sponsored us to come over and that's how we came to this country. Uh, I've lived now in Hawaii for about 24 years and I think it's a perfect place to uh, raise family and have children here and I hope that our young people who have gone to the mainland to get experience or gone to other countries even will see that too as an incentive to come back and raise their children in this beautiful state. And you're from a large family of nine, is that correct? That's right. I'm number six in a family of nine of five boys and four girls. And, you know, looking back, I feel really grateful that we had a big family because uh, I think we learned a lot of social skills early on. Uh, we certainly learned about sharing. You know, when I look at my kids and the luxury they have of having their own bedroom, we never had such a luxury. We would share, there are like three bathrooms in our house for a family of nine children plus my parents and plus grandma often came and visited with us and she always brought her my aunt along because she had the bound feet so she couldn't really walk around without assistance. So you, know, you think about it, there's a household of 13 people in one family. But uh, it's really, I, I, looking back, I feel it's such a blessing. It taught me a lot of lessons early on. What's the story behind what brought you to Hawaii and what's kept you here? Uh, well, I think what's kept me here, well, what's brought me here, I think, is to, to see that, you know, coming from San Francisco, which is a great city, wonderful to visit, unless you live in the suburbs, I'm not sure the city's the best place to raise kids. And so I think, you know, Hawaii is really special. And I think having uh, had the privilege and the opportunity to become part of the community, uh, this is a place where friendships really go deep. Uh, where people will take the time out of the busy uh, life that we have, that we all have, to really value uh, those friendships and, and relationships with each other. Um, even for us as a company, we don't just see each other as workers, but we're associates, we're colleagues. You know, we cry together, we celebrate together, and it's very special. It's truly the gift of the indigenous people, the gift of aloha. 
how do you manage your time on a daily basis and what is do you have a typical day um, one of the books I read recently which I think is just fabulous is this book called crazy busy and it kind of opened my eyes to say that although I may think I have it under control uh, I'm not really setting the priorities as I would like them to be I'm now 50 so you know going into the second stage of my life um, it's time to really appreciate uh, the the priorities that that one has in their life. I do like a certain amount of structure, so usually I start it off early, like around 4.35, and uh, uh, with a meditation time, and then I get on my elliptical, and I like to work out while it's still quiet. And so I read this book, and it helped me just, not just be idealistic about saying stop working, that's not realistic, but about realistic approaches to organizing your time better and how you view your priorities. And so even in, I think it's important to give back to the community because in giving you receive, but even that you need to manage what are your priorities. Otherwise you find yourself all over the place and so stretched out and overcommitted that you stop enjoying the work that you're doing. And I think the most important part of life is enjoying the journey. Coming up, Vicki shares her father's advice on how to be successful. If you uh, think like a man, act like a woman, and work like a horse, I think you'll do just fine. <laughs> do you believe anything is possible? I do. I work at Earthlink. I believe internet good can defeat internet evil. A world without spyware, viruses, or online identity theft. I believe in a place where our information can be safe. I won't stop fighting until we get there. We work at Earthlink. Making unbelievable things happen every day. It's time to start believing. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Order now and get Earthlink for $29.95 for six months. So where do you think we'll be 20 years from now? Be right here working on this lawnmower. Do you think we're saving enough for retirement? Well, maybe it's time we find somebody to help us. Hey, maybe it's time we buy a home. I'm Richard Lewis, CEO of Core Systems Hawaii, Hawaii's data storage experts. For over 18 years, we've been helping businesses protect their critical data with enterprise IT systems. We've seen all types of service interruptions, from power outages to simple human errors. Core Systems now provides a local disaster recovery managed service utilizing our experience in storage and server virtualization. Call us at 440-5000 to ensure that your data will be there when you need it most. Probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. As they get it to Rodgers, they give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field! 
He's going to go into the end zone. Will it count? And the Bears have won. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. What was your first business? Working with Elvis Presley at six and a half. <laughs> no, uh, that was really my first job, when you think about it. Uh, and you know, even at that age, I am so thankful that I had that experience. Because I think that experience taught me a lot about discipline. We had to get up really early and practice lines, read the script. Um, could you tell us what the role was and what you did? I played the role of a matchmaker. I mean, it's really a typical Elvis movie. Matchmaker, girl meets boy, you know, Elvis is the boy. <laughs> but that role was actually supposed to go to my sister, Ginny. As you know, I said earlier, she had been discovered by Ed Sullivan. She's very talented. She had done one movie with Elvis called Girls, 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 and she had a very small part in it. And the same director wanted her for this movie that he did, I think it was like a year after Girls, 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 called It Happened at the World's Fair. Well, my father, bless his heart, uh, he'd already committed Ginny to perform for the late President John Kennedy. And so he was like, oh, I, I cannot take that, cancel that. So he starts looking at me, and I think he, this idea came on, and he told me that I'd been selected, okay? And of course, I was all excited. And then he sent me with a governess, I mean, somebody I didn't even know that well, because my mom and dad had to accompany Ginny. So here I am, the minute I walked in, even a six-year-old could tell. I knew from the face, the director's face, it's like, this is not the girl we, saw, <laughs> we had selected. So they had me read for the part, and I did, and I was like, oh, how could you do this, Dad? But I, I just went for it, and then the next thing I knew, we were flying up to Seattle. You know, it was the World's Fair, 1962. And, but what an experience, and Elvis was the nicest man. I mean, such a gentleman. Um, I remember there was one scene, and I was just homesick. And so I started to stutter and st you know, my lines, and you know how it is when you start stammering? <laughs> it gets worse with every take. I mean, this must have been like 30 takes. It was bad, and I knew it was going to get worse. And the director was Norman Torok, who was a really big guy, and I was so intimidated. And then I just remember my relief when Elvis said, that's a wrap. The little lady and I are going to for dinner. And we, he took me to dinner, and I started crying and telling him how homesick I was, because my family, they weren't with me. It was just this governess. And he listened, and the next day we did the same scene I just went right through it, you know, no problems. And that stood on my mind that, you know, when you have that kind of influence, if you can make people feel good about themselves or feel better, feel, make them feel comfortable, what it can do. I mean, here I am, what, 44 years later, and I still remember what he did. Have you ever felt that there was the glass ceiling or discriminated against as a woman ever, especially in business? Uh, I've never felt that from myself. Uh, I will say that I think when a woman is tough, that the community at times tends to be a little bit more judgmental. You know, they use a different word for it. <laughs> Whereas with men, they'll admire, oh, he's really a tough CEO. But somehow for a woman, um, 
I think it's, it is a little bit, they're not quite used to that. But having said that, I will say that I don't think as women we should try to be like the men. I think we can govern and administer in our own way with just as much firmness, but with a different uh, approach, you know. And so I think when I say something, my staff knows I mean business, but I really don't have to have four-letter words mixed in with it or anything like that. It's not necessary. Um, I think women, we tend to be a little bit more nurturing, a little more detail-oriented. You know, I think those are some of the traits that we just naturally have within us. So I'm wondering, did you ever feel like it was a disadvantage? Because, you know, as a woman, we want to take that lead role in nurturing of your children and making sure that you spend that time with them as they grow up? Well, I think it's important that spouses are very supportive of each other and now we have a role reversal. So hubby stays at home and he cooks <laughs> and he does a wonderful chili and spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, staying at home is a full-time job and in many ways even harder, I think. I give moms a lot of credit because it's, it, that is a 24-7 job and often thankless, you know, and it is uh, priceless what we, do, what we do with our children at home. Um, I think as a, a woman, if you choose to have a career and also want to work, uh, it is a little bit more challenging. Your parents played a really important role in your life as well. And could you share us um, maybe some of the lessons they taught and why they're so important to you? Oh, you know, when I became First Lady, I truly realized what a wonderful mom I've had in terms of how she taught me. Because it's not something you learn overnight. But she taught me a lot of the uh, social graces of making people feel welcome, you know. Little things that we take for granted. It's moms that instill those details into you. Uh, from my dad, I learned about perseverance and hard work. He had a great work ethic, and uh, he really instilled that in us. And that, I would say, really comes from good parenting, not just that they're born with it, but you need to instill that work ethic in them. And uh, I still remember one day, when I was about maybe 13 or so, and my dad decided he'd have a little heart-to-heart -heart talk with me. And uh, he said, well, you know, you're not talented like your older sister, which is true. I, I cannot play the piano like that. And he said, and you're not cute like Liz. That's my younger sister. I was like, well, this, where's this going, Dad? <laughs> Great for my self-esteem. <laughs> and then he says, but I'm going to tell you something. If you uh, think like a man, act like a woman, and work like a horse, I think you'll do just fine. I said, oh, okay, maybe I'll get the roles mixed up and act like a, a horse. <laughs> up next, Vicki reminisces about meeting former governor Ben Cayetano. Then he asked me, oh, you want to have some coffee afterwards? Remember, it's free uh, at the Honolulu Club. <laughs> hey, did our banker get back to us on those ideas to streamline our cash flow? <sighs> yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe we need a bank that actually cares about our business. And I've got Grace working on payroll, because I'm going to need it for... You're not going to believe this. Do you know any good business bankers?
I work at Earthlink. I believe internet good can defeat internet evil. A world without spyware, viruses, or online identity theft. I believe in a place where our information can be safe. I won't stop fighting until we get there. We work at Earthlink. And we're making unbelievable things happen every day. It's time to start believing. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Order now and get Earthlink for $29.95 for six months. Need help staffing your business? Listen to what some of Hawaii's top employers say about Midweek and the Star Bulletin's Star Classifieds. We're currently expanding, and Star Classified has helped us tremendously with our recruiting efforts. Not only did they bring a quantity of applicants, um, they also brought the quality that we were looking for. Can you outwit, outsmart, and outplay the rest in the 15th season of Survivor? Crater 96 and KGMB 9 are giving Hawaii the chance to prove its Survivor skills. Come to Alawada Center Stage on Saturday from 10 a.m. till 1 p.m. We'll be there with KGMB 9 cameras to see if you have what it takes to survive. Also, listen to Crater 96 for your chance to win a guaranteed front-of-the-line audition. For more details, go to KGMB9.com. Good, Good luck! luck. Can you share with us, on a personal note, how you met former Governor Ben Cayetano? What was that like? I thought, I thought it wasn't so personal anymore. I thought everybody knew that we met at the gym. <laughs> well, he has his story. But honey, <laughs> since you're not here to tell it, I'll tell my side. <laughs> well, I was, it was early. Back then, he used to actually go to the gym early. And I was working on my bench press. You know, and I saw him coming, and I said, oh, no, of all the equipment, he wants the piece of equipment that I'm working on. Uh, he's just got to finish it. He was really shy. He was really cute. And he just, hi. He goes, I'm Ben. Oh, what's your last name? Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> so uh, we just started talking, and then after I was finished, he, he worked out, and then he asked me, oh, you want to have some coffee afterwards? Remember, it's free uh, at the Honolulu Club. <laughs> so we had free coffee. Sounds like your kind of date, huh? <laughs> Ours was Zippies. <laughs> oh, Zippies. I'd have her pay. <laughs> and so we just started meeting each other at that time, and, uh, and then it was really interesting. I remember one day after working on, he, he was just kind of, mm, uh, hey, you know, real cute local guy of style, you know, um, if, if, I, uh, if I asked you out, what would you say, you know? And I said, oh, that would be fine. I'd love to go out to dinner or lunch. Oh, okay. And then he didn't ask me out. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> so I thought nothing of it. I thought, hmm, this is really strange. But then I, I said, hey, I'm a woman of the 90s, you know, come on. So I picked up the phone. I called his office, you know, and I said, I'd like to leave a message for uh, the governor. Would you have him call Vicki Liu? And they said right away, oh, what is this about? I said, well, I'm, I said, um, well, I had told him I'm Vicki Liu, United Laundry. And they said, is this about his dry cleaning outfits? <laughs> And I said, no, no. I said, it's not about his dry cleaning. I said, if you just give him the message, please, uh, you know, he'll know what it's about. Oh, okay. So then I remember sitting at my desk. And I said, hmm, if he doesn't call in two or three days, not interested. You know, timed it, 45 minutes. The phone is ringing. I think he's interested. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, you know, you had asked me if you wanted to go out, and I said, I, I 
told you I would love that, and so I'm calling you now, and I'm inviting you to lunch. And he goes, silence, he's so cute. He's really a very shy person. And he goes, he's probably dying if he's watching this, you know. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I said, how's Thursday? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, then I said, where do you want to meet? And where would you like to go to, I told him. And he goes, well, let me, uh, I'll call you back. <laughs> so then he called me back and we had our first date at the Hawaii Prince Hotel. How was the transition for you because you kind of have this title first lady, but yet you want to be your own individual person that is also succeeding in your own career and in your own efforts. Well, I feel very fortunate in that I think my husband was very supportive. He, he never once said, you have to choose, you can't work, you've got to be first lady. In fact, he told me, you know, being first lady will be as much or as little as you want it to be. You can just say, I'm first lady, that's, uh, I'm not going to go to any of these events, and, and he was actually okay with that. And on the other hand, he said, if you want to really embrace the role and you know, choose issues that you want to be in the forefront of, I'll support you too, which I ended up doing, you know, long-term care initiatives, the initiative to keep children alcohol-free, which was the national initiative which with uh, about 30 over first ladies, which to this day I'm still involved with. Um, and so I did choose to do that, and he was always very supportive. And, and I felt a little more comfortable because fortunately for me, uh, this was in the 90s where I, most women didn't just have one role. We all multitask and do multiple roles. And, and so I felt like I represented the majority of uh, women today. That's the face of the women in this generation now. We work, we have our families, we're spouses, we're also caregivers, many of us to our parents, grandparents. So we, we do juggle and we want to work in the community as well and give back. Have you integrated um, your community efforts into your business also, or do you mostly do that stuff separate? No, we do and we don't. I mean, I think my personal work has to be kept separate from that. But as a business, we're very supportive of a lot of fundraisers. Uh, we give to uh, efforts that support children, health, welfare, and also to the culture and arts. So I think we're a very giving uh, company, like so many businesses, you know, in our community. Do you think that's an uh, obligation or is it just something you want to do? I think it's a commitment that businesses should do. You know, you're serving the community, you're taking money from the community, you're earning from it, so don't we feel, to a certain extent, a responsibility, I would say. What would your advice be for younger people in business or people that are maybe putting off doing community work or giving, you know, nonprofit work until they've finish their career or they feel that they're at a certain point. What would, what's your advice to that? Well, I think that when you do community work, it's not only about making yourself feel good for giving, you know, I think that's just a rule of thumb. To receive, you must give first. But also, I would say two things. One is a great, uh, it leads you to a lot of opportunities to network and meet people. And three, I would just say that manage it so that you don't have to give to everything. But if you just even choose one organization, one day a month, it doesn't have to be daily or weekly, but if you can just even give that much, you know, once uh, regularly, but just set it up as a regular kind of part of your routine, I think that one, you'll be setting a great example in the future for your children, two, you'll feel good about it, and three, in the process, besides helping others and yourself, uh, you'll, you'll have a great opportunity to meet lots of interesting people. What would you say has been your um, favorite childhood memory? 
Gosh, there's so many. Uh, I have memories of my grandmother. She was a wonderful role model for me. Uh, she, as you know, she had bound feet. She never complained. And uh, she would tell me often when I would be complaining about, whether it's about my siblings or whatever, she'd say, you know, you can always choose to say something good or say something bad. And in the breath that you have, she said it in Chinese, like in your, you know, your breath basically translated, that you have, why don't you use it to say the good? And I always remember that. So that's a wonderful memory of her influence on my life, uh, how persistent and uh, uh, perseverance was really her mantra. I mean, you think about someone at that time after World War II, my grandfather died. I never knew him. He died very young. And here he left her with, you know, ten children, ten children to raise. And bound feet, no education. And you have to ask, you know, how did she do it? And um, I'll never forget when I asked her that, because I, even as a child, I admired that so much. And uh, she said, you know, when I was like five or six, they were binding up my feet. And to bind it, apparently, they break your bones, huh? And she said she remembered saying to herself, you can break my bones, but you cannot break my spirit. And you know, that carried over to her, and I just, what a woman. I mean, so the memories of her, which still live in my life today, and the lessons she taught me. That, then I would say the Elvis Presley movie was a great lesson about rejection. <laughs> Because my dad told me they selected you, and when I walked in, I was like, "No, they did not select me." That's why I have to read again. <laughs> and uh, and then the disciplines, and and then just overall, uh, I can't pinpoint one thing, but just growing up in a family where music was as much a part of our day as eating, uh, what a gift! And I I don't think a lot of families have that. I took it for granted. But my sister plays piano, you wouldn't believe. And so to hear that every day is just such a, a marvelous, marvelous gift. You know, my dad would say that you need food for your body. You need music for your soul. And that's really true. Well, thank you so much, Vicki, for joining us today. And we appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Nice meeting you both. And thank you for joining us today on Greater Good TV. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodtelevision.com. Please join us again for another episode of Greater Good TV. Greater Good TV has been proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking.